Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how God uses dreams. <laughs> That's right. We're going to look at dreams in the Bible, the 21 different instances of dreams in the Bible. We're going to look at how to interpret dreams and what the church teaches about dreams. Yo, Richie! Good! Hey! hey! Now that Father Rich is awake, welcome to the show. Uh, you look refreshed. <laughs> hey, cat naps are the best, man. You guys bore me, okay? <laughs> boring. boring. It's that, that really tiring priest life that just wears them out. It's tough, man. Poor little guy tuckered out. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, this is a really cool topic. I mean, I'm I'm like pumped about it. There's uh, you know, you know about Joseph and you know, some of the other, uh, you know, dreams in scriptures, but we're going to be talking about some dreams that are outside of scripture too, as well. That's right. And we're also going to be looking at, um, you know, the patron saint of, of insomniacs. We're going to look at the patron saint against nightmares of people have nightmares. And we're going to look at the whole tradition of how throughout all of scripture and church history, dreams have played a very important part um, and, and really talk about how to interpret dreams, because so many people say, well, I had a dream, so this must mean I have to do this or mm -hmm. something's bad's going to happen. Right. And how to weigh, you know, the weight of a dream versus reality. And properly discern that, That's you right. know, and, and how that influences your will, how that influences your spiritual life. And yeah. it's, you know, from Joseph of the Old Testament to St. Joseph of the New Testament, you know, the, the dreams that are in Scripture are absolutely fascinating. But even in our own journey, I don't know about you guys, but in my own journey, dreams have really played a, a pivotal part in my in my journey with Christ. Yeah, and and just the science of dreams is just fascinating to me, you know, how and why the how and why of these dreams is an, is a whole nother thing in mm -hmm. God's, you know, kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um but but yeah, I mean, I've had dreams where you know, like when I played football in high school, like I was literally like running plays and looking at, you know, so it was very acute in a sense based on the fact that I was excited about something. And then like last night this morning I was telling you like last night I'm like that was just some random thing. It really had no meaning, you know? Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> and you willed yourself in your dream to move to on. To just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. in the scripture, there's 21 different dreams recorded. Now, before we get into that, I do have one dream, and my dream is that everyone subscribes to this channel. So take a moment real quick. On YouTube, you'll see the subscribe button. Click the bell next to it. Every time that we produce a show, it will populate in your feed. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, make sure that you follow us at Catholic Talk Show. And be sure to check out our website. It's a really cool website. On it, you'll see every way that you could listen in or view our content and ensure that this show continues by sharing the show with your friends and even put it in the bulletin at your church. Ask your priest to put it in the bulletin at your church. You know, we want to continue to spread our Catholic faith and celebrate it. And this is such a wonderful forum to do that. And it's not a nightmare. It's not. If you, if you like our show and subscribe, all of your wildest dreams will come true. That's just a fact. <laughs> Facts. So of the, of the 21 recorded dreams in scripture, it's pretty interesting that 10 of them happen in Genesis, three of them happen in the book of Daniel, one happens in Kings, one happens in Judges, and then the rest happen in the Gospel of Matthew, which 
it seems like there's a pretty hard balance between gospel of Matthew and Genesis where the majority of the dreams of scripture happen. Mm -hmm. Now there's some very famous dreams that happen in the Bible, Jacob's ladder, right? Mm -hmm. That's, you know, a very common one that people know the dreams of Joseph, right? Uh, The dreams of Pharaoh, the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar, right? Mm -hmm. These, and you'll see this is kind of this theme happens often in the Bible where a ruler or king will have a dream and the dream will haunt them and, and perplex them. And they'll ask all of their conjurers and all their magicians and all their wizards to yeah. interpret the dream. And it's not possible. But then they go to a prophet, a prophet or, a, or one mm-hmm, of the patriarchs mm-hmm. and they can because they have the proper spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these dreams were either ruinous for Nebuchadnezzar or they are... Um, you know, how to get their people out for a pharaoh, which led to, you know, Joseph having that place of prominence. And, right. you know, these false prophets and, you know, these these magicians and soothsayers of the Old Testament, you know, how treacherous would it be if, it, if a dream is poorly interpreted? Well, you see that in today's world. It's so true. You know, it's like so how true. to interpret dreams by using crystals and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a spirit of discernment and there's a almost, I want to say, an algorithm of how does this reflect God's will for me? Does this lead me to do something that furthers me from God? Does this try to uh, usurp the power of God by knowing the future, right? There's mm-hmm. there's kind of ways to discern if this is a beneficial dream, whether this is a supernatural and divinely inspired dream, or just the machinations of your, you know, Subcon- sleep and brain. Subconscious. Right. And, yeah. and I think I think for you, Delacrosse, your your dream was purely a product of subconsciousness, you know, where, where you're back in Jacksonville right. and you're seeing yeah. people that you know from That's Jacksonville. Right. And, you know, it's it's I've had I have those dreams all the time. I'm a very, very active dreamer, but there's a a distinction to be made between an inspired dream. That's right. And kind of like a, a product of subconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the really kind of first important or a dream that a lot of people know would be Pharaoh's dreams in Genesis, and it's Genesis 41. And the Pharaoh's having these dreams where uh, he's seeing seven fat cows and then seven famished cows. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what's what's going on? What's with these cows in my dreams, right? And then he he has another dream where he sees seven, you know, really ripe and rich stalks of grain and then seven, you know, withered withered ones. And he's trying to figure out what all this means. And he goes to Joseph and and uh, Joseph interprets that you're going to have seven years of of fruitfulness, fruitfulness and plentifulness mm-hmm. and seven, seven years, years of famine. famine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Pharaoh was putting away extra grain, extra cattle and all this. And that when that famine did come seven years later, that they were protected against it. And because of this, Joseph won great favor. Favor. So he is able to then when everyone else Thank is Thank God, right? right? Yeah. You know, because because when when you have all of his siblings who sold him off in a slave, threw him into a well, mm-hmm. sold him off to slavery, now they're experiencing the famine, mm-hmm. you know, the, the And they have to go to Egypt because they got no food. Yeah, the right. preservation of the line of Abraham, like the covenant made with Abraham. Ooh, you know, you think about that? Like how was that covenant maintained? Through the suffering of Joseph, and then Joseph taking that suffering, not allowing it to lead toward vengeance, mm-hmm. 
And now he executes mercy when his siblings come back with this kind of prescribed and, and pre-thought, uh, you know, we're going to go to Joseph and we're going to express to him all of these things. And we're going to ask, you know, like, hey, your father asked you to forgive us. You know, he has he has this whole they have this whole prescribed text. And then he just embraces him almost like the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's beautiful correlations there yeah. and and embracing them, showing mercy and thank God because, you know, preserving that covenant mm-hmm. was through the line of yeah, Joseph. I, I think, and in, in this kind of calls to attention the importance of this episode and dreams in the scriptures that it's a very pivotal mm-hmm. thing, and we'll learn that later with uh, with the other Joseph. Right. Mm-hmm. You right. know, God is often using these dreams to speak, and it may be a more powerful way than just a, your, I don't know, your standard inspiration. Mm-hmm. But in one case, it's Joseph... Uh, interpreting a dream, and in the New Testament, it's Joseph having a dream. Right. So it's kind of, kind so of yeah, some yeah, some in. of them are kind of like, hey, do do this, and some of them are, you know, think about this a little bit, and, yeah. and I think that's the nature yeah. of dreams, right? Yeah. I mean, you have some dreams that are very lucid, some dreams that are very like you know that you're kind of there and you can kind of control them. Other dreams are just absolutely you know whack right yeah. you've got you know <laughs> yeah whack just whack totally crazy now, right? something that's uh, that i i love uh you know watching cartoon wise uh with youth ministry efforts was uh the the joseph king of dreams dreamworks put together and if you have kids, I mean, what a what a great way to uh, you know kind of share this biblical story and share the share the sense wow. of God speaking through dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, another I think really cool dream in the Bible is Solomon's dream, right? Mm-hmm. So God appears to That's Solomon a in a dream yeah. and says, oh, yeah. "Solomon, you know, what do you want? Offer, I'll give you anything you yeah. want." And Solomon's like, you know, I want a Lamborghini, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Well, that's nice. I'll take a Lamborghini and a million dollars. Now, what is that? Solomon asks for wisdom. I mean, that's that where that 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 great saying that you know, the wisdom of Solomon yeah. that he knew he was going to be the ruler mm-hmm. of Israel, and what he wanted from God was the wisdom to do that well. Mm. And that's a really again important dream because that wisdom leads to. Uh, all kinds of proper ruling of the people and that continuation mm-hmm. again of salvific history, mm-hmm. the protection of the, the Israeli Jewish people and, um, you know, the building of the temple all comes from that wisdom that he specifically asked for in that dream. You know, there's there's such criticism of leadership on every level of society. And being in a, in a position of leadership now as a pastor is very, very different than being in leadership roles on smaller levels, whether it's a youth director, whether it's a parochial vicar, you know, just for my own personal experiences. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not only more visible, like you have the responsibility of, of nurturing community and leading community. And, you know, that, that sense of, of ruling and discernment. Man, you know, the jobs of bishops, the jobs of politicians, like it's a very, very difficult, difficult job. And unless you're in it, you really don't realize how much you depend on God and how much, you know, relying on wisdom. What a thing to ask Mm -hmm. for and to receive from God is that all of your decisions are based on wisdom because that is the only hope that we have to be able to govern unity in this world of division, uh, you know, to govern unity among sinners. I mean, it's just, it's just an impossible task, but with God, nothing is impossible. That's right. 
Um, another dream I think that's pretty cool is the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. right? So that's from the um, that's Daniel two, and it's uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And it says, in the second year of his reign, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream which left his spirit no rest and robbed him of his sleep. How many of you have had a dream mm -hmm. like that before? Mm -hmm. So he ordered that the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and Chaldeans be summoned to interpret the dream for him. He says, I had a dream which will allow my spirit no rest until I know what it means. And all of these wise men could yeah. not answer it. And then finally out of, I guess, desperation, he goes to Daniel. And the dream was, so he says, in your vision, O king, you saw a statue very large and exceedingly bright, terrifying in appearance and it's, as it stood before you. Its head was pure gold, its chest and arms were of silver, its belly and thighs bronze, its legs iron, its feet partly iron and partly clay. While you watched, a stone was hewn from a mountain without a hand being put to it, and it struck its iron and clay feet, breaking them into pieces. And the statue crumbles. And so he's like, okay, what does this mean? And it's really, so he interprets it that God will destroy his kingdom and that there'll be four other kingdoms, you know, that come after him, right? Mm. That each one is a different, I guess, composition of that statue, mm. but God strikes down all these mighty kingdoms no matter what. Mm. Um, again, that's such an interesting and vivid dream, but the part that really strikes me is that he can get no rest until he knows what it means because it was such a powerful dream. And that would lead me to believe that, hey, this is not just a dream where you wake up and you think, uh, that was weird. Mm -hmm. This is something that's haunting him. And this is definitely God putting into his head. And you see that this is you know, part of the Babylonian captivity where the, you know, the Jews were all taken over to... Um, you know, modern day Iraq. How often is it the case that we forget our dreams? Right. You know, that happens all the time. But how impressive are the dreams that you remember? You know, like what from your earliest memory of your first dream, Ryan, like, you know, do you have recollection of dreams when you were younger or recollection of dreams? What's you know, your like, most vivid dreams that you remember? So I remember one of the earliest dreams that I ever had was being on a pirate ship. <laughs> And I was with all of these evil, evil people, and I was trying to figure out ways to preserve a good group of people on the boat and to hide them away. And I, I still remember that, like, absolutely vividly. I was a little kid. First dream I remember having, I was Spider-Man, and I was crawling on the ceiling of the front room of our house, and I fell off and landed on my grandma and killed her. <laughs> and I was really terrified, and, I, you know, obviously I didn't want my, anything bad to happen to my grandma. She's my favorite person. But I think the most vivid dream I ever had, and it was kind of like half dream, half awake. It's kind of almost like a night terror. Uh, you know, I'm laying in bed, and I, in my dream, I open my eyes, and I'm looking in my room, and everything kind of, like, grows and fades away to a huge mountain, and on top of the mountain, there's the sun burning incredibly bright with bands of bronze going around it with, like, Latin inscriptions on it. Mm -hmm. And Jesus on top of this mountain throwing rocks at me, mm. throwing rocks right at me and saying, do you think you're just? Do you think you're righteous? Do you think you're good? And throwing rocks at me. It was a pretty powerful dream. That one never left me. Wow. Throwing rocks. 
Jesus told people in Scripture not to cast a stone. Well, and he's allowed to. A dream. <laughs> well, he's allowed to. But, you know, it's a call to conversion. It's called not to be a hypocrite, I guess. For mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Delacrosse? Yeah, my mostly I mean, in high school or football, we were like the number one team in the state. And Glory every, days. Every <laughs> week was like, you know, staying there. Looking in young men's eyes, glory days. It, like, it just possessed me, not in a bad way, but just like I was... Con- Con, you know, consumed by, you know, competition, yeah. you know? And so, I, I you know, something Bro, happened. I mean, I, this is what we listen to with him all the time. It's like, I was this great football player oh in high gosh. school. I was a, you know. Don't and ask it's me like, questions you don't want now, to man. Live in the now, right? It's over, <laughs> right? Me, okay, so I dreamed about <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Jesus on a Can mountain. Can you give us something more inspirational? Throwing Cheetos down. And I'm like, I'm, I'm no, not. you were on top of a mountain throwing rocks right, with so Jesus, Jesus, and it was him you were throwing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, that's crazy. I didn't get hit by any of them, so it must have been him throwing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now that's full circle. That's there you go. That's see, nice little bow tied up. The <laughs> there you go. Just for you guys. Just for you guys. You, you know, inspiration and and like things that are left with you on such a deep level, you know, and and you know, and all joking aside, like you're an athlete. It, it, I mean, I woke up thinking we lost a game. Yeah. And wondering what day it was. Yeah. And right? it, it like, speaks to something how vivid super it was deep in my brain. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. a lot of times dreams are that. Dreams are yeah. what are, is consuming your subconscious, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, if if you are really thinking about something, it's almost a way of discernment. Sometimes, if you think about it, you just can't really get the mm-hmm. answer, and you you'll find clarity in a dream because your brain will have a maybe different perspective, mm-hmm. different yeah. way of going about giving you a way well, to. I find, when answer. I found out we didn't lose the game, and it was Friday. I got really excited. I'm like, yeah, we didn't lose. I just had a dream. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Did you lose the game in real life? <laughs> no. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Prophetic. Now, moving to the New Testament, you know, we we talked about some of these dreams in the Old Testament, and, and particularly Joseph the Patriarch. But in the New Testament, the real dreamer, there's, I'm going to say, two dreams that we'll cover. And the first is St. Joseph. And St. Joseph had four dreams the four dreams of Joseph recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. Most important, Magi's warning. Mm-hmm. Right. Trip to Egypt. Yep. Back to Israel. Right. But not Judea. So first dream, Matthew 1, 20, 21. Joseph is told not to be afraid to take Mary. So mm-hmm. that's an important one because he found out, you know, pregnant and he was going to put her down quietly. Mm-hmm. Right. As scripture yep. says. And the angel comes to him in his dream and says, you know, continue to marry Mary. Mary, mm-hmm. Mary, 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 Mary. Uh, second dream, like you said, leave Bethlehem, flee to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Third dream, uh, go back home. And then fourth dream is to go to Galilee instead of Judea. Judea. Mm-hmm. And then there's a dream of the Magi saying, hey, don't go back to Herod because he's about to be up to no good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But really, I mean, St. Joseph having, I mean, he's being guided by his dreams. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost every action of consequence that Joseph takes in scripture, is guided by dreams. I um, I don't know if people really consider that about St. Joseph, how important dreams are to his story. Mm-hmm. And how important rest is to our lives. You know, how important it is to be able to shut off, mm-hmm. you know, and shut down 
and rest, like you were commenting this morning about the deep rest that you got last night from all the work that you've been doing, the travels, and then and then to be able to just rest and wake up and be refreshed to do this to this ministry. The importance of rest for our lives as Catholics, one, is just in nature, just to draw strength, but then to also draw perspective from dreams, draw inspiration from dreams, and to realize what's happening on the subconscious level is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, the last dream in the Bible, and this one's, I think, a really cool one. Uh, it's um, it's the dream of St. Procla, sometimes Saint, called St. Claudia. Uh, and that's Pontius, oh, yeah, that was Pontius, Pontius Pilate's, Pilate's wife. wife. And it's the mm-hmm. nightmare. Mm-hmm. She has a nightmare where uh, it's Matthew 27, 19. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message talking about Pontius Pilate. Have nothing to do with that righteous man. I have suffered much in a dream today because of him. Mm. And that's really the only time where Pontius Pilate's wife is mentioned. Uh, according to tradition, she converted and became St. Yeah. Procla. But, you know, she's having a dream say that her husband's about to do something incredibly unjust and, and sentence Jesus to die. And she's warning her husband against it. Mm. And it's such a small, I mean, okay, why Pontius Pilate's wife is in the Bible. I don't know how many people even knew that, but that her dream is the only recorded thing of her. It must have been something very momentous and powerful. And it's one of those little nuances that if you don't pick up your Bible and you're not reading it and going back, it's one of those things you, you just forget that color the story and give it so much more technicolor, so much more depth to the story that you don't usually get when you just try to remember, oh, yeah, well, he washed me his hands and that was it. You know, Pontius Pilate's wife, Claudia, sends him a note, right, while he's on the judge's bench. Hey, step back from this one. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. You know, I think turning to St. Thomas Aquinas is so important in many different factors because he just kind of breaks it down very intellectually Mm -hmm. and very conservatively. And in his treatment on dreams, he shared, I answer that we must consider what is true in the matter of foreknowing the future from dreams. Now, dreams are sometimes the cause of future occurrences. For instance, when a person's mind becomes anxious through what it has seen in a dream and is thereby led to do something or avoid something. I mean, like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah, like, like that kind of fits yeah. to what you were talking about with the, fo- yeah. with the football game. Well, sometimes dreams are signs of future happenings insofar as they are referable to some common cause of both dreams and future occurrences. And in this way, the future is frequently known from dreams. We must then consider what is the cause of dreams. And whether it can be the cause of future occurrences or be cognizant of them. And something that comes to mind reflecting on St. Thomas Aquinas and what he's saying about dreams is something that happened to me years ago. I was dating somebody. I was just getting to know Father Tetlow, and he was the vocations director, but I was doing youth ministry. And, and uh, I was really pursuing marriage at that period of time in my, in my life. And I had this dream of this huge castle, and as I was walking up to the castle— um, there was this, you know, I, I was, I was completely covered in armor and I went up to the King and I was one of his lead guards. And, um, I saw this army of people clothed in, in almost like green vestments, like chasubles and walking up to the castle in perfect line and uniformed procession. And I went out to to meet them and they were just filled with peace. And it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful sight. 
and I went back into the castle, and they were not a threat to to the king. And I basically took off all of my armor, and I laid it at the king's feet, and I went back outside of the castle, and I, I found myself in communion line, in the uh, Eucharistic communion line. Mm. And as I was walking up to receive the Eucharist, I, I saw Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and I just was weighed down by my conscience, and I just I just started to walk away because I was unworthy. And then one of the one of the men dressed in this kind of uh, green vestment grabbed a hold of me, and he says, "No, like go go forward." And when I re- when I went back to receive the Eucharist, I, I woke up. Mm. And, you know, that happened early, early on before I even discerned, you know, the voice of Christ, like calling me. But fast forward into the major seminary, the first time that I served at St. Vincent de Paul, I was I was standing outside of the sanctuary and I felt unworthy to stand up with all of the clergy. And I'll never forget uh, a transitional deacon at the time, Villers, Filius, who's now a priest of the Diocese of Orlando, turned to me and he just said, Hey, come up here with come up here with us. Mm-hmm. And I stepped into the sanctuary and I looked at everybody and they were wearing the green vestments and it like synced the dream years years ago. Dang. It all came right to the forefront of my of my mind. So I think it, that dream meant you should be a priest. Well, and, and that's the, the like it's it's a nice <laughs> affirmation, right? right? So it's like you keep this dream in your in your mind, in your heart, in your prayers, and in your discernment. Um and it's it's not that like fatalistically I'm I'm waiting for, the, but it's it's in your mind and throughout time and discernment God will will affirm what this dream means. Sometimes you know if you've ever seen the movie Inception, right, mm-hmm. where they have to go like deeper and deeper layers in the dream to plant it so that it makes it known as their own dream in the dream, right? It's crazy movie. It's a cool movie. I I really like that movie. But I think God can work like that where he can plant a bit of a movement towards discernment through a dream to just maybe put that little spark of the Holy Spirit in a dream so that you can start discerning. It might not be so much like an angel says, hey, get up and go to Judea. Mm -hmm. It's probably usually not that. Mm -hmm. It's probably more often... Oh, yeah, I dreamt about that person. I haven't thought about them in a while. I should call them. It's kind of interesting when you look at the two, right? Because the two, like yours is divinely inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, It's precognitive, right? So you're you're thinking about it before it happens. Um, A lot of precognitive dreams are just like forgot. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like Mm -hmm. I never really remembered after you know, after that game, Mm -hmm. right? Because I woke up and it was just so, so, it was just the next day. Um, But the precognition wasn't you know, met with like reality. It was just something that occurred, but yours was actually mm-hmm. met with a reality. It was, there was divine intervention there mm-hmm. that was, um, that was made. So there's a lot of different types of precognitive dreams that are out there. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It is. It's fascinating. Yeah. This is, I love, I love this stuff, man. Dreams, interpreting dreams. Yeah. You know, that kind of makes me think of like Sigmund Freud, Carl Jung, right? Where they have these, this over-importance on the meaning of dreams, and for most of them, because of their own probable, probable sexual you know, addictions, the, everything in dream has to do with some kind of sexual impulse. Or you look at maybe more modern kind of pseudoscience dream interpretation where, well, if you dream of a galaxy, that means that you are you need to be creative. Or like they have all these dream symbols. You can get a a symbology book where it's like, hey, if you dreamt of a unicorn, it means X. If you dream of a red car, that means that this is going to happen. And that's really, number one, 
that's hokey. Come on. There's there's no Anybody standard. Anybody that's had a dream knows that that's just. Yeah, there's no standard yeah. language. It's not hieroglyphics where, look, if this happens yeah. in your dream, it's the same for everyone's thing. Yeah. And that's what this means. That That's not true. Dreams are much more subtle than that. They're much more obscure and mysterious. They're, the, they're a part of our subconscious and it's a part of our soul. But the discernment of dreams are not just the sexual desires of Freud and Jung or the basically astrology type fortune cookie dreams that you'll see in, you know, supermarket shopping mm. checkout books, mm-hmm. right? There's there's something more to discern discerning a dream. You know? And and I think I think St. Thomas Aquinas has something for Freud. Of course has he does. Something for Jung. Yeah. And and it's the whole sense of in like manner, the outward cause of dreams is twofold. Corporal and spiritual. So it gives value to the sense of, yeah, there can be corporal, mm-hmm. flesh-driven, sexual dream, you know, that, that would relate to that. But there's also, we're not just bodies, people. Like, we're, yeah. we're, there's a deeper longing than our sexual longing. And that spiritual element is so important. It is corporal insofar as the sleeper's imagination is affected either by the surrounding air or through an impression of a heavenly body so that certain images appear to the sleeper in keeping with the disposition of the heavenly bodies. The spiritual cause is sometimes referable to God who reveals certain things to men in their dreams by ministry of the angels, according to Numbers 12, 6, quote, if there be among you a prophet of the Lord, I will appear to him in a vision or I will speak to him in a dream, end quote. Sometimes, however, it's due to the action of the demons that certain images appear to persons in their sleep. And that's like, uh, what did, um, it's demonic oppression, right? It's where that, those thoughts are consistently Mm -hmm. put in your head. It's a, it's the most common form of possession. Mm -hmm. It's oppression. It's Just making you obsessed about yeah, a particular it's thought. A, exactly. And that, I'm glad you dreams. said that word. It's it's oppression leading to obsession and those obsessive thoughts that can be absolutely influenced by demonic contracts or, or relationships can absolutely influence the corporeal things that are, are less becoming of someone who's truly striving after Christian holiness. So the, so the state of grace uh, would would matter for a, a person, you think, in, in their dreams? Like I would have to imagine. So, yeah. And I think it's also a, a state of your soul. So yeah. if you are in, in turmoil and yeah. you are really inclined or oriented towards bad things, right? Yeah. Say you're, you're, I don't know, whatever it is, you're doing drugs, you're having an affair. Addicted to porn. Whatever, whatever it is. They start to invade your dreams and then you have these dreams and it reinforces the behavior. It makes you long that's for what it. I was you know, that's, that's, that's what I was saying. That's exactly what he's saying. So, you know, again, and we'll finish this sentence. Sometimes, however, it's due to the action of the demons that certain images appear to persons in their sleep. And by this means, they are at times revealed this certain future things to those who have entered into an unlawful compact with them. So it's that unlawful compact that is our sinful relationship mm-hmm. with demonic influences that when it's left unchecked, when it's left unrepented from, when you don't go to confession, mm-hmm. when you aren't absolutely engaging Christ on a regular level yeah. and receiving the Eucharist and opening up the Bible and receiving his word, that compact it leaves is, even your dreams. It, it, it begins Another to influence your dreams yeah. without without a doubt. I can say that very emphatically 
experiencing it myself personally, oh, right? Two Freddy's coming for <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I mean like all of these all of these things begin to dominate the mind. Accordingly, we must say that there is no unlawful divination in making use of dreams for the foreknowledge of the future. So long as those dreams are due to divine revelation or to some natural cause inward or outward, and so far as the efficacy of the cause extends. But it will be unlawful and superstitious divination superstitious. To, to, what, to what you're talking about if it be caused by a revelation of the demons with whom a compact has been made. And this is that interpreter's dream, you know, all that stuff, crystals and all that yep. type of stuff, whether explicit through their being invoked for the purpose or implicit through divination extending beyond its possible limits. That's right. It's a great, it's a great it's a, it's point. also something you can consider with like Nebuchadnezzar's dream and, right. and the influences that he exactly. brought into that as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Did you guys ever watch the Nightmare on Elm Street movies as kids? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, those are so good. <laughs> yeah. And even then, you know, probably shouldn't have been watching them at like eight years old, nine years old. The fact that, you know, his mom was a nun and come to his dream and beat him. And then the little song, you know, sick, you know, five, six, get your crucifix. I'm like, I always thought even back then, I'm like, yeah, the church could take out Freddy Krueger, no problem, right? Yeah. You know, um, but there is nightmares. A lot of people have nightmares. Nightmares can be scary. Nightmares can set your whole day. Nightmares can become traumatic, traumatic, yeah. and a consistent thing. Yeah. Like you have a nightmare where something bad happens to one of your family members, and yeah. it it puts you in a place for oh, a long time. A you know, and a lot of people experience that. Mm -hmm. Children experience nightmares. A lot, right? Mm -hmm. When we lost the football games, that was a nightmare. Glory <laughs> <laughs> days. <laughs> you know, live in I the now. Up, I woke up terrified. Well, but, but again, that was a reflection of the of the the fear yeah. and of the, the doubt in your yeah. soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nightmares yeah. are influenced by that a lot. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I've always thought is interesting and particularly sad is people who are blind, who have total blindness, have a much higher percentage of their dreams being nightmares. Mm. And I think maybe that's because they don't have the ability for the good things to come into their eyes and reset or just something psychological tied to mm -hmm. their blindness. But that's always made me sad additionally for mm -hmm. them not being able to see, but that happens. But nightmares are nightmares can set you in a place for a long time. Like if something bad happens to one of your kids in your dream, I mean, it affects, legitimately affects the way that you behave in your waking life. Mm -hmm. Um and the church has a patron saint for that, right? Mm -hmm. And the patron saint against nightmares is Saint Raphael, mm -hmm. right? Because if you look in where Saint Raphael appears in Scripture, it's Book of Tobit, Tobit, where Tobit's sleeping and and he's protecting him in dreams and you know the bird poop in the eye and the whole mm -hmm. thing. But so if you have nightmares, number one, your guardian angel say that prayer before bed. But then also Saint Raphael, right, is your patron. Mm -hmm. There's another patron saint for. Uh, insomniacs, you know, okay. people who struggle with insomnia. Um, you know, Ryan and I were just sharing, like we had the kind of an identical sleep pattern last night. I woke up at, at three and then just could not fall back asleep. And insomnia is a horrible, a horrible situation. Now there's, there's, Insomnia is a medical condition, right, mm -hmm. where you have something legitimately yeah. wrong. But then there's also just bad sleeping habits. And I think a lot of people suffer from bad sleeping habits where they almost, there's a Japanese term and I don't know the term, but it's basically called revenge sleep mm -hmm. where they are so busy and so indebted to other people for their days that when they get home, 
they will stay awake till three, four in the morning because they are getting revenge for not having control over their day-to-day life. And their people are just incredibly tired. And so how often have you just had a long day and you're tired, but then you go and you look at your phone for two hours instead of going to sleep and getting refreshed, right? There's a lot of kind of avoidance of sleep that leads to bad sleeping habits that a lot of tired people out there in this world. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of distraction, a lot of things that can chew up your restful Mm -hmm. time. But I mean, if you look at our Lord, I mean, Jesus wasn't afraid to take a nap in the middle of a storm and that's healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, I I know, I know uh, people who truly suffer from insomnia and whether it's, whether it's a a psychological disposition or things that are stimulated by, Mm -hmm. by these types of uh, behaviors. Or whether it's just truly a, a spiritual thing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and spiritual insomnia. Who's the patron? Um, the patron is St. Peter Damien. Cool. And listen to this uh, prayer. St. Peter Damien, you were an insomniac for a long period of time. Obviously, it was it was a spiritual insomnia. You understand how difficult it is to function after a sleepless night, how hard it is to be kind, understanding, and loving when you are exhausted, how frustrating it is to be tired and unable to do your best. Please intercede for the name of the person. So if you know an insomniac, you know, and, and you know somebody struggling, I'm actually thinking of somebody right now, actually a brother priest. So I want to lift that brother priest up and lift up the people that are in your life that you know that uh, suffer from this type of insomnia. We lift them up before the throne of God and ask that if it be God's will, that they would be able to rest peacefully at night and no longer suffer with insomnia. If it is not God's will at this time, I ask for the person that's in my mind to have the grace to use any sleepless hours as a time of prayer, offering that sleeplessness for the souls who most need God's love and mercy. St. Peter Damien, thank you for your prayers. Pray for us. Amen. 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 I love that. I didn't know St. Peter Damien was an insomniac, mm-hmm. but... Uh, interesting. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I'm reading the lives of the saints, um, or, you know, super holy men or women, I do tend to turn to them for the things that they suffer with. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, yeah, St. John Paul II with Parkinson's. Like if I, if I have somebody with Parkinson's, like I pray to St. John Paul II for, mm-hmm. for that initiative. Uh, Felix Varela, for example, I mean, incredible, incredible person, very tied to the life of the diocese of St. Augustine, first chancellor of, uh, you know, the archdiocese of New York. York and uh, first Catholic publication actually in in the Americas as well, which is pretty impressive uh, work in communications when he lived. But he suffered from asthma, and I suffer from asthma, so I turn I tend to turn to him mm-hmm. uh, for that particular intention as well. Yeah, you know, the lack of sleep and restlessness can have really big impacts on your on your soul, on your spirit, um, and with so many people tired, you know, there's really the need for sleep. And there's a great resource for that. It's called Hollow, right? <laughs> Hollow has a lot of sleep Excellent. aids within their app. Yep. A lot of things that can help you have guided medications, meditations, and they are specifically designed to help you sleep at night. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about our sponsor, Hollow. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the App Store today, and there's reason for it. The absolute breadth of their work is truly impressive, and they continue to put out new content through one of the most attractive applications I've seen. Their design, their features, and most importantly, the content that they have from Lexio Divina to meditations to calming music. And, well, they and have sleep stories. They have sleep stories. And it's Jonathan Rumi, our boy Jonathan Rumi. He'd, he'd sit there and just, in that nice accent, sit there and tell you a story and just put you right to sleep. So, I mean, 
like on that on our show where he where he prayed the Our Father in mm-hmm. Aramaic. That was just so calming. I right. still remember the feeling yeah. that I had when he prayed that Our so, Father. Yeah, I mean, if you're struggling with sleep, this will help you pray. This will also give you these stories to help you, you know, conk out a bit. Mm-hmm. You ever yeah. use it for that? You don't. This kid right here, <laughs> Delacross can sleep at moment's notice. Like, I'm legitimately jealous of his, help. Of his <laughs> sleep prowess now. But what do you use Hala for? I just use it for daily meditations and scripture. Uh, Lexia Divina. It's just a really deep and profound. Um, I, I actually have a really funny story. I was praying that my mother, who lived in Florida, would be able to move to Houston and just kind of you know, praying about it. And one time I was just frustrated and I was up in my room doing the hallow, um, you know, and, and there was a part where it's like, talk to God. And I was like, God, I don't know what you're doing here. I'm, I'm, re- I'm kind of frustrated here. I'm trying to get mom here. Mm-hmm. You know, she's by herself here and this and that. And my daughter comes in and she's, Hey dad, I was like, I'm praying. And she's like, Oh, Jill, Miss Jill's here to see you. She's my neighbor. My neighbor's like, Hey, we're moving. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was during, during that guided meditation that that happened. Uh, not saying that that'll happen to everybody else, but, you know, it's, it's yeah. just a really cool hollow story. Yeah, hollow has got a lot of great resources, a lot of great different tools. So if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash hollow, you can try hollow for free. Um, it's always free. They've got some premium features that you can try out on us. Go check it out now. Now, for a lot of people... They have dreams that aren't ones that happen when they're sleeping. They're aspirations. And their dreams are to have a better life for their children or for themselves. And a lot of times those dreams are achieved through education. Now, if you have dreams that you want to pursue in life and you want to be something when you grow up, we can't recommend your alma mater, Ave Maria, more. Ave Maria University is the number one Catholic university, certainly in my mind. It was his dream to go there. It was my dream to go there, absolutely. When I when I went to, um, and it's funny because I was receiving Eucharist uh, kneeling, and it just came as a devotion. I was never shown that growing up. I, you know, I, I grew up in a 1970s, 1980s style church, felt banners and, and uh you know, like I loved it. I mean, I loved the hospitality of, of that church. And devotionally, I just started, you know, receiving Eucharist on the knees and kneeling. And, and I went to Ave Maria University just to tour their campus back in 2004 and fell in love with the devotion of my peers. And it's like, I'm meant to, I'm meant to be here. And, you know, the devotion to the blessed sacrament with perpetual adoration, with the academics, so rooted in that sense of universitas, you know, the turning together is one that all of these academic principles and pursuits are drawing us together into the one truth, veritate splendor, the splendor of truth and encountering that and realizing that, yeah, all of these things are working toward that oneness. I want to I want to be a part of that. And it was just a tremendous from the beginning to the end of my experience from 05 to 08 uh, was the golden years of my academic formation. They have over 40 undergrad degrees. They have master's programs all the way up to a PhD. And they have pre-law, pre-med. Um, you know, they have communications now with, with you know, d- different communications efforts and video and audio. Yeah, this is not like a rinky-dink college that happens to be Catholic, so you want to send your kids there. This is a real quality education where your children or yourself, if you're considering college, can pursue your dreams. I mean, nursing and business administration, uh, environmental sciences, economics, uh, marine biology. I mean, this is a real university where you can pursue the dreams of your professional vocation and career. 
And that's one of the things that makes Ave Marie great is that they look at your career not just as a, hey, here's your diploma, have fun. They form you in your vocation because they understand your work life is not just a job, it's a vocation. Mm-hmm. And that's something deeper and something more fulfilling than you can ever get when it's just a mercantile, here, here's a diploma, have fun, go get a job. Mm-hmm. So check out AveMaria.edu now. Uh, you can go there and you can sign up for their Ave experience like Father Rich did um, and look at their beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. Um, you can visit online and uh, check it out, Ave Maria. It's a great university. Go mm-hmm. Jireens. Go Jireens. All right. Now, one last thing I want to talk about before we leave is I've got an inquisition for you. Oh, no. I do. We haven't done this in a while. I know. We're bringing it back. It's a nightmare. Way back. It's a nightmare. Back into time. Gotta go back in time. Back in time. All right. What it is. Jesus Christ is like us in all things besides sin. He is fully God and fully man. Mm -hmm. As a man... As fully man, he had dreams. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus dream about? Mm. Did Jesus dream? Mm. That's the question. Answer it. Well, he's fully human, <laughs> right? So, so fully human without he's a doubt. He's capable of dreams. He's fully capable of dreams, with, but with, did he? Without a doubt. Um, so, what would Jesus dream? So, about? I would, I would kind of go in line of what Saint Thomas Aquinas was saying. So, he he wouldn't have entered into that compact and that relationship with demonic influences. He was clearly tempted, right? It's it's very clear in the in the scriptures. Um, but I, I just truly believe that a majority of his dreams would be directly influential in his relationship with the Father and the kingdom of heaven. You know, like I just that that would be the dominating uh, experience of what his life on earth would be moving towards. So like the prophetic aspects of, you know, um, the, the temple, for example, uh, you know, and, and the destruction of the temple, um, all of that, I have to believe that there were dreams that absolutely influenced his understanding of, of his prophetic voice throughout the new Testament. Um, but there's just nothing. There's just nothing covered right. in the canon um, right. as it relates to to that. Yeah, it's his. I, I think it it would just like everybody else play a play a role in the, his unity mm-hmm. his union with the Father, and and those conversations that they've had. You mm-hmm. know that weren't really. They were manifest in his life, and his ministry, and the kingdom that he brought. Obviously, the sacrifice and everything. But, I mean. You know, even they say, you know, when you pray, go, go by yourself. And, and you know, there there were some things that were said between the two, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And I think dreams could have been a part of that communication. Now, we know Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days. Uh, he was tempted by Satan. So he was obviously not insusceptible to temptation mm-hmm. or, or yep. evil attacks. So mm-hmm. did Jesus have nightmares? Mm-hmm. Did Jesus have nightmares where the devil was I, using dreams to try to undermine him? I truly, I truly believe that. That Jesus has suffered. Jesus has suffered uh, to the capacity of what we suffer. So, you know, the fact that we suffer nightmares, absolutely. Like the attack, the attack can be uh, certainly a part of that. Um, But I just don't, I don't picture Jesus developing, uh, you know, like those kind of subconscious dreams in the corporeal nature of like flesh-driven compact relationship with with the devil kind of a demonic influences like St. Thomas Aquinas was uh expressing. I don't think he would I don't think he would have that, you know, uh subconscious type of a dream. But attacks certainly. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. It was a pretty cool episode. I mean, there's so much more to dreams. Um, I'll put the link to the 21 different dreams um, uh, in, that are recorded in scripture. Um, then also St. Peter Damien for insomniacs, um, St. Uh, Raphael for against nightmares. Um, I'd also consider that you should pray to St. Claudia, St. Procla, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you have trouble with sleep or dreams as well. Mm-hmm. But um, again, Man, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're looking a little worse. Yeah, you're looking way. a little tired. <laughs> you're um, jealous of me how I took a nap before the show. I think you're going to take a nap after. Now, before we go, again, um, one of our dreams is also that we have a great relationship with our listeners and our dreams come true because we have the best supporters in the world through our patron, mm-hmm. uh, Patreon, and we could not do this show without you. So, you know, shout out Patreon. Yeah. Thank you so much for your financial support of the show. And thank you to all of our followers and friends. You know, we continue to sh- share the faith and truly pass on what has been handed on to us. And we hope and pray that God will bless you with a beautiful night's sleep tonight, inspire your dreams. And remember, turn to St. Peter Claver. Turn to St. Raphael, turn to St. Joseph, St. Claudia, St. Ursula, St. John Bosco. We haven't talked about either of them. And there are so many dreamers throughout the history of the church where God communicated such power, powerful inspirations. So if you know of any of those stories or you want to share the ones that stand out the most to you, because this is a fascinating topic, be sure to share that on our Facebook, Instagram, yeah, and share Twitter. your dreams too. Yeah, share, share your dreams some of those as well. Dreams you've had. That'd be I mean, cool. it's, it's fascinating. We love hearing from, from you guys. It really inspires us and continues to encourage us. So share what, what you feel comfortable to and, and uh, know that we will absolutely uphold you in prayer And we will continue to reinforce each other in our relationship with one another in solidarity of the faith. And God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Sweet dreams. 